0: Today is our our segment where we bring um, leaders, community, um, influencers, people who have an impact or create an impact to our veteran community. Uh, Today we have an excellent panel of presenters from all the way from Texas and San Diego. Uh, We'll we'll be talking about several topics like uh, sex trafficking, um, VA um, disability, and how to uh, the pros and cons of what to do and all those, all, all those things that as veterans we need to understand before we apply. We also, we're talking about 0800 uh, in San Diego, a, a great partnership, and we are looking forward to your uh, questions. Uh, we are uh, live on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Again, uh, looking forward to your participation. If you have any questions, just post them on the chat and we'll be happy to address them with each of our, our guests. Uh, we'll also like to thank our people in the background, Michael for running our, our show, our producer, Laura, our host, uh, Shelly, our, our, our host in Orange County Inland Empire, Dali, who does our social media uh, production, and promotion, as well as Jamie, our intern, with Michael. Uh, and at this time, I would like to kind of move forward and go into our introduction uh, uh, segment, so we can get started. And welcome.
1: As a veteran, small business owner, what can we do for you?
2: What we
3: can all do for all veteran business owners is promote each other.
0: My main mission was to look at tools of technology to leverage small business and give them more of a competitive advantage. My mission for Red Bargains is very simple, to help vets.
3: That story in itself to run for Vista City Council is a journey.
0: I think this is an opportunity to really collaborate with those gone before us. It's really kind of a labor of love.
4: And now your host.
1: Happy Friday, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us once more to this Veterans Radio show. Where today's episode, we're crossing communities through unique initiatives. This is your weekly show that features veteran spouses and community leaders who are making it happen while they explore heroism, leadership, and making sure that they impact our veteran community. And this particular episode, as you mentioned, I'm going to bring in Stacey O'Dell, our program director from 0800. 0800 helps service members, including National Guard and reservists, as well as their spouses navigate through available resources during their transition from active duty to civilian life. We also have a very special uh, discussion with Maddie Sandoval, who is a San Diego attorney dedicated to helping the total, totally and permanently disabled make sure that they obtain their rights and know more about that. So make sure you stay tuned for that through halfway through the segment. And then we have Eileen Dong from Hope PYX Global. PYX Global is dedicated to help people from all backgrounds who are victims uh, and survivors of human trafficking, domestic violence, and sexual assault get a second chance in life. So without further ado, I'm going to bring everyone into our panel. Welcome everyone. How's everyone doing today?
4: Great.
0: Great. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you. It's good to have everyone here. So if we can start real quick, just go around around and uh, make a quick introduction. We'll start with you, Maddie, since you are on the top of my corner of my screen.
4: Hello, everybody, and especially veterans. My name is Maddie Sandoval. I'm a disability attorney uh, in San Diego, California. Miss Eileen.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Eileen Dawn, all the way from Houston, Texas. I am your reigning Miss Texas, show host of the Miss Texas show, as well as um, spokesperson for Hope PYX Global, which Miss Laura has introduced. I am here to serve the community and fight until everyone is free. Thank you for having me today.
1: Fantastic, and then now, of course, going back home to Ms. Stacy.
3: Hi, I'm Stacey O'Dell. I'm the program director for 800 We are a military transition support program.
1: And then of course, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction at the beginning, Joe. We are so excited to have a great panel and making sure that we all have a very unique initiative. Very unique that we serve. But the beautiful thing is that this particular segment is bring everyone. Okay. And so without we're going to go to Stacy so me and Irene, please hang in there feel free to you know Ella if you have any questions you want to participate in the discussion but we're going to give Stacy right now a and find out more about how she's impacting our local community Stacy welcome
3: hi Laura thank you
1: yeah it's so great to see you so what are you doing today? Tell us just straight out and just dive in and straight into tell us about zero eight hundred. Sure.
3: Um, first, thank you guys so much for having us on the program. 0800 is a military transition support program, like I had mentioned. And we were actually stood up by the community, our local legislator, and just other organizations in the San Diego County area. Um, this month is our sixth year anniversary, and we really were created to make a A bridge gap for those services that are in the community to our transitioning service members. And we all know in San Diego County, we have such an incredible resource base, and there are just as many resources for our veterans. We probably I don't want to say, you know, America is or San Diego is America's finest city. Um, so, of course, we have all the best stuff. Right. Um, but as far as getting our service members or our transitioning service members and their spouses connected to those resources, there was kind of that gap of a resources to the service members and so that's where 0800 came in Um, we have access to the bases we are part of the tap classes with um, the navy bases and that allows us to present our program to them so that they're able to connect to the resources that are going to best meet their needs during that transition process
1: That's fantastic. And I know, you know, personally, from being familiar to the different resources and the services uh, from personal experience, uh, interacting throughout the community. I'm very aware of the great services that you provide. But now tell us about you. What about Stacey? You know, how what is Stacey's military story? How did you get involved in our military community and what ties you into our community?
3: Sure. I like to consider myself a lifer. Uh, my dad did 32 years in the Navy. He retired in 2003. And then my husband did some active duty Navy time. He did about six years in the Navy. And I think that's probably the only reason my dad let me marry him. And he then um, moved over into the national guard and retired out of the national guard after 23 years of service. And he retired in 2008. And, um, it, it, it took me a little while to get into the veteran community. We've always been very patriotic in our home. Um, surprisingly enough, 32 years in the Navy with my dad, we did all of that service here in San Diego. But I lived in Murphy Canyon for 10 years as a kid and and understanding that and the community and culture that comes with it, sort of naturally you would meet someone in the military and then connect with them as well. But when my my dad transitioned out and my husband transitioned out, there was that gap of, of available resources. And then also just the familiarity of what it's like to be a civilian versus being in the military community. And there is a different culture for sure. So I didn't get involved a lot, just friends and family that I knew. So then I went back to school and um, got involved in social work did my internship at 0800. And um, I fell in love with the program. I fell in love with what it does. I fell in love with how it really is helping the veteran community or the transitioning service member community because we do work with service members 12 months prior to their discharge. So for me, it was this this missing piece that I would have loved to have seen my dad and my husband have of just someone walking alongside them during that transition process, being able to call every once in a while and just say, Hey, how are things going? And having that person who understands what it's like, um, all of our resource specialists have some kind of military background. So we know what that military culture is like. Um, And it's just something I've, I've enjoyed so much and, and I'm so grateful to be part of the program that, that is there for those, uh, transitioning service members and their spouses. I mean, I keep saying transition service members, but yeah, we do work with spouses as well.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm, and, and thank you for all, you know, your, your great, um, You know sharing your your military story and the fact that you are a military child and and then you're definitely strong titus as a military spouse you really know um our military struggles right especially when it comes to transitioning you've seen that you have experienced uh all of those um concepts and all of those uh hurdles that we go through and but if you and your experience based now that you are what would you say it is one challenge very different for military spouses versus a veteran transition?
3: Um, I think I think the difference is Well, really you kind of have to break this up um, Your retirees have a very different transition than a service member who's only done four or five years And I don't want to say only because that's not necessarily true. I mean they served just as much so for someone who's only done those four or five years their transition does look different than a retiree. Um, our retirees, the spouses, it's more um, like what's going to be next, what's our next, what's the future look like for us, where stability? where those things and, and connecting to the resources that will give them that sense of stability and know that it's going to be okay at the end. So I would say our spouses, the transition is more um, what's going to happen to our family next, and there's the family as a whole. I think the service member, there are a couple of things. The first is, how am I going to provide for my family? But the second is, who am I? Who am I when I'm not in the military? And so that's how their transition is a little bit different as well. Um, it, it's more, what am I going to be now that I'm not in the Navy, or I'm not in the Marines, not a sailor, not a soldier. What does that look like for me? Uh, The spouse has always been a civilian, but it's more the provision factor, I think, that our uh, spouses take to heart when that transition happens versus the actual uh,
1: veteran in transition. Absolutely. And I'm sure you can agree that nowadays, we, in a couple of years, together, we have have started narrating uh, the whole concept that we transition together, right? Whole family doing the transition together. Correct. It's service member, the spouse, the child, it's the whole family, even the parents, they have to adjust.
3: Absolutely. There's a definite culture shift that I think we we don't necessarily, we know is there, but we don't really pay attention to it as much. And that's one of the things that, that I, that we don't know how to really put our finger on. So I like to talk about that culture shift because we as civilians don't understand a lot that it really is that big of a culture shift. Um, And when you're in the military, you're told like what to wear, where you're gonna live, all of those um, scenarios. And when they become a civilian, they're supposed to just inherently know those things. So it's kind of, that culture is different, but we almost expect that they know what that culture should be like. And um, even though, they, you know, we think they look like us, they've been in the same place as us. When you go to another country, you know you're in a different culture. But with our military, it's not really a a, uh, tangible thing that we see as far as culture is concerned.
1: Absolutely. So what can we do as a community to continue on to carry forward this narrative and this, uh, you know, community, um, uh, I guess you can say dialogue that says, hey, you know, we're all in this together, everybody transitions, what can we do uh, to support organizations such as 0800 and everybody else?
4: I think
3: just getting the word out there, social media sharing is I think one of our biggest tools right now in the society that we live in. Everybody's plugged into some kind of social media, sharing our stories. This is an incredible way. This program is is amazing. Making those referrals to each other. um, When you know someone who's transitioning, Hey, check out this, this program. And I think the resources in San Diego are good at doing that. But I think that, that, just talking about each other and not having those hidden agendas of i want to take care of everyone understanding what we individually as organizations do well and focusing on those things and then referring out to the other organizations that do what they do well i think is is amazing and i think would would benefit our community as a whole and the service members themselves Um, and just again just out there awareness partnering on funding, partnering for grants. That's a big deal for our nonprofits right now is, is forcing those uh, fostering those partnerships with each other to maybe get the funding to be able to do what we do well.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the key things that we do here at the chamber and I want to highlight this, turn this over to to our CEO who Always loves to partner and create community projects so that we are, you know, in, in collaboration with others, help each other grow, and so you know, develop programming that will really amplify your message, but at the same time, be able to do it as a team, as a unit, and work together.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, you said it really well, Laura, because I think as a team, as the community, as a collaborative, uh, we can do more. And I love what you said, Stacey, because um, many of us sometimes initially we start our organizations with, I wanna help everyone. I wanna be the answer to everything. And, uh, and then we soon realize that like, that's not really the way it should work uh, because I don't have what the other organizations have. and But I do have my core service, what I do best, and that's why when when you and I connected about participating with Zero Eight Hundred, and, as, and as, this is this is a no-brainer uh, because working with an organization that understands what it's like to collaborate, to work together, to go after programs, after grants, after funders, and all taking a little piece here and there, it will it will take us longer. And at the end of the day, our our main objective is to help those veterans and the veteran community and their spouses. Like you said, it's a family affair. But uh, thank you, uh, uh, Stacy, for the partnership that that you guys offer, And we're very happy to work with you guys uh, absolutely, Laura, and, thank you, thank
1: you, Laura. Thank you, absolutely. And, and this is really great, uh, you know, why we do what we do on a daily basis because it is uh, those partnerships that really make a difference. And even if we do have the similar uh, sort of a support for the families, for the transition service member or for the military spouse, it, we're not always a, a good fit for every individual. So I, you know, I always like to say, you know, we might provide some similar support, uh, another organization might provide the same support, but it's always up to the individual to to make sure that it's a good fit for them, because there's always those you know personalities, the commitment, the timeline, and all those things that has to be uh, up to the individual who's accessing those resources. So collaboration and, and referrals and community, uh, you know, togetherness is actually a better way to do that. So thank you, Stacy. Um, we've been talking to Stacy, program director of Zero Eight Hundred who helps service members, including National Guard and Reserves, as well as their spouses, navigate available resources during their transition from active duty to civilian life. And so with that, I'm going to um, go back and just put Stacy on the spotlight and how can, we do? how can we help you amplify your message as we, continue, I will, as we wrap up your chat right now
3: sure thank you so much again it was a pleasure to be here i'm just so grateful uh just spread the word spread the word let people know that we're around um encourage them to enroll in the program we're here um and we're we're still up and running during transition and or during COVID. and and we're still we're still around so,
1: yeah. well thank you so much Stacey. And you to around we're now to maddie sandoval who's going to have a- Discussion with our CEO about um, the disability benefits and is and what uh, who can help with those social security and SSI, all those great things that we all need to know. So please stick around.
0: Thank you, Laura, and um, um yes, and thank you, Stacy, for uh, coming to the show and uh, stick around as we discuss more. But for now, I would like to talk to. Mary Sandoval, who is a, 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 an attorney in San Diego who deals with disabilities, different types of disabilities. And uh, I, you know, I, a lot of people approach us about offering their services or their programs to our veteran community. And uh, in, in, we're kind of picky as to who we work with because uh, we look for that passion, that heart, that openness and the ability to work with our veteran community to make sure that we're taking care of them uh, the right way. So when Maddie and I connected on LinkedIn, LinkedIn uh, is, you know, a couple of years back, uh, we started communicating and talking and Maddie is so approachable and, and very uh, to the point answered questions uh, right on the spot. Uh, nothing, no wishy-washy uh, stuff and always quick to answer my questions. So, but Maddie, uh, welcome to the show. And this uh, this segment is just for you, and to introduce what you do, and, and uh, please tell us <laughs> with more clarity uh, what it is that you do, and how can we how, how you're supporting the veteran community or the military community.
4: Thanks, Joe. Yeah, um, it's a uh, it is a labor of love. There's no question about it. Um, I believe that uh, society should look after children, uh, the elderly, and the disabled as the most vulnerable. And the disabled veterans uh, are uh, absolutely a noteworthy group. Uh, Luckily, um, the VA system has uh, a disability program, but in addition to that, uh, the Social Security Administration covers veterans as well. So it's often asked if I get VA, can I get my Social Security disability? And the answer is yes, you can get them both. And there's no offsets. Um, so part of the pay for active military is uh, paid into the Social Security Trust Fund. And if a person becomes disabled, it doesn't even have to be service related. It can be an illness, it can be anything. Uh, becomes disabled, then then they're eligible to apply and and with the assistance, generally of an attorney like myself, uh, secure uh, their disability benefits and, and provide for their families. It's a little different from VA disability benefits in that it's income replacement. So you could have 100% uh, VA disability rating and still work with social security, it's income replacement. So it's for those, as uh, Laura had mentioned, that are totally and permanently disabled, uh, meaning they can't work. Um, and those are—that's the community I, I serve, and—and um, and proudly so, and uh, even more proudly so when one of my clients is is, is a disabled veteran. Um, right. Been doing been doing it in San Diego for 32 years. Um, in so many ways, uh, the veterans lead the way uh, when it comes to certain impairments. Um, I actually just did a, a forum another uh, victim of of sex trafficking group and um, they asked, uh, is post-traumatic stress disorder readily accepted as a a disabling impairment? And my immediate answer was yes, thanks to our veterans who have established that as a very severe uh, debilitating impairment. uh, The Social Security Administration, the judges I appear in front of, the doctors that review the cases, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, has been been the torch carried and established by, by the veterans. Others are, 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 are traumatic brain injuries due to impacts. Um, uh, we see far too many uh, concussive type of injuries coming out of the veteran community and uh, traumatic brain injuries is also what I would consider, or at least in the last 10 years, something unfortunately we're, we're seeing way too many of coming out of the veteran community, but traumatic brain injuries can happen anywhere. Uh, but the veterans are, are, are they, they, they somewhat lead the charge, both obviously in, in protecting our country, but uh, even in, in, in my community of, of service, ser- excuse me, of serving the disabled.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Mary, for the explanation. And also wanted to uh, um, uh, kind of for you to confirm that the services that you offer, there's no out of pocket when someone is applying for this service, correct?
4: yeah, that that's that's thank you for bringing that up, Joe. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, understanding that that all of my clients cannot work, uh, the vast, vast majority of them have no money, um, certainly no income. And so the the system is that you only pay the lawyer if you win, it's federally regulated. And the way we get paid is it takes somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 months to two years to go through the whole appeals process, get in front of a disability judge, win the case, and then they pay uh, the the claimant uh, for the fight. Um, for the time that they've been fighting, um, and I get paid uh, one-fourth, 25% of the back pay. After that, that the veteran, and if they have young children, their family also gets benefits. Uh, They get a monthly check. There's no further payment. So what sounds like 25% is really much less, even in a winning case, because uh, that's benefits they will have received, depending on how old they are, up until the age of 66, uh, the retirement age for Social Security. And so it's 25% of the back pay, but generally speaking, it's 1% or 2% of the overall benefit that we secure for them.
0: So uh, we have a question from an audience uh, asking about the, uh, if you were denied, can you reapply?
4: You know, it's interesting. We just posted that uh, on LinkedIn. You have three options uh, if if you're denied. Um, You can reapply. You can just give up or you can appeal and the appellate process is cumbersome and, and sadly i i believe that the social security administration sets it up to encourage people to give up yeah. um, and so there's a couple of appeals before you even get in front of a judge um, and then even after a judge uh, there's you can sue the social security administration in federal court um, which is something I do. Not very many disability lawyers do because it it, it, it does take a lot of time, but mm-hmm. you can go all the way up to the United States Supreme Court on a disability claim. Okay. Um, I've gone as far as U- United States Court of Appeals, uh, which is one step below the Supreme Court, but I regularly argue in front of the United States District Court. Um, and in fact, I, I've had a couple of recent wins with veterans uh, at the district court level. So uh, the the question that I'm all, often posed with, Joe, I don't mean to, to cut you off there, is, um, well, if I have 100% disability rating through the VA, shouldn't I automatically qualify for Social Security disability? And, and the answer is no. Um, the VA system is an interesting system, and it's a little bit archaic in my thinking, but it's what I call a cumulative system. It's similar to a work injury, a worker's compensation case, in that they award a percentage of disability for different impairments, uh, and then they just add that up. And if it hits or exceeds 100%, then, then you get a, a, a 100% disability rating, and of course, the benefit okay. that comes with it. But uh, we use that to argue disability, but the word we use is dispositive. In other words, it helps, but it doesn't get us across the goal line in a okay. sort of case.
0: Well, it seems like there's a lot of information uh, coming from you that i think coming uh, this segment uh, is not enough to share all that you have and, and the experiences that you have so what i would like to do is kind of invite you back um you know a couple of times so our audience can ask questions and uh, also get to know who you are what you do and what the best approach for them when applying for uh, disability, uh, so at this point, um, if Michael will uh, post on the on the screen, how do we get in touch with you, um, um, Maddie?
4: Yes, uh, well, uh, the easiest way because it has all my contact information, and it also has a lot of very very valuable information for for anyone that's fighting the Social Security Administration is Maddie the Disability I okay. it But there's no spaces. So Maddie M-A-T-T-Y, the disabilityattorney.com. Um, and I just want to leave the audience with one thought. If in fact I'm not somebody that you want to work with, it's imperative that you find someone like me uh, and not try to fight the Social Security Administration on your own. It's a near impossible task.
0: Okay. Well, that's a really great advice uh, for all of us that to like to do things on their own. But I I, I totally agree. Having someone like you on, on 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 their side, it will definitely increase their chances. Well, thank you, Mike. Anything else before before we close this segment that you no, would that, like to add, real quick, to, to for the for the audience?
4: Yeah. Well, it's I, with the panelists and, and the audience. I, I it's been a, a real treat for me to address your uh, your your veterans. Um, once you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit better, and I. I found out what the chamber's focus is and that it was really a service organization more than anything else. I I, I was really excited to be invited to speak with your veterans today and, and look forward to the opportunity to do so again in the future.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much.
4: Absolutely. And we definitely look
1: forward to having you back again and maybe like our CEO mentioned, be able to uh, ahead of time post and bring you those questions and do a a definitely open Q&A segment for you so that you can respond. Because this is some great information that I know our community will benefit, as well as the community from our second guest who is coming uh, right after you, Eileen Dong. From Hope uh, Pyx. So thank you so much for all of that. We we'll look forward to connecting with you further, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Maddie.
1: Yeah, you, absolutely. And now we're gonna go straight to Miss Eileen Dong, who is um, a rep- she, she is actually the founder in Leeds, Texas, and leads Miss Texas, a wonderful lady who is doing a lot of great work out uh, for human trafficking victims, uh, victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Uh, she is. PYX, it's a global um, organization that helps and connects different, um, you know, like I mentioned, um, individuals who have gone through these challenges and, and, and victimized. And so um, she wants to make sure that everyone is aware of that this is happening, but also how we can get involved. So, Ms. Aileen, tell us all about, first of all, tell us all about you. How did you end up as being as Miss Texas?
2: Well, thank you so much. Uh, it is my honor to be here. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Mr. Melina and everyone working behind the scene and the Veterans Chamber of Commerce uh, the, uh, for the support that you are giving us. Um, yes, I got involved because a long time ago, um, I just somehow stumbled into being uh, a model for L'Oreal. And that was uh, when I was in Shanghai. And one thing led me to another. But to be honest with you, Um, Even though it might look and sound very glorious to be Miss Texas, it is really my wish to utilize this beauty pageant platform to inform and influence more people, and that is why I went ahead and get this title
1: that's that's phenomenal and we love it and i love your work that you do it you know at the personal level as well as uh art in the community so tell us about your community tell us about whole pyx and what what it represents
2: thank you yes so um as some of you might already know that as far as the the headcounts for human trafficking sex trafficking is concerned california is the number one state texas is the number one uh, number two state. And uh, for those listening out on the East Coast, Florida is number three. Unfortunately, Houston, where I am based out of, falls into the number one city when it counts human trafficking. Human trafficking comes in two forms, which is labor trafficking and sex trafficking. And I wanted to emphasize the difference between uh, human trafficking and uh, uh, smuggling. Human trafficking is a form when you are coerced to perform a service, whether it's for labor service and or sex services that includes pornography, uh, stripping, as well as uh, other forms of sex-associated services. And that being said, Hope PYX Global is a nonprofit organization, although it is based out of Houston, Texas. It services people from as far as the West Coast that we're collaborating and so honored with um, the Veterans Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we are forming the national coalition to fight against this all over the country and as far as the east coast as well working with different organizations and the central and the midwest so we are an organization that serves people from all backgrounds and as you might already know that coming from asian culture myself for example i am a survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault I know the cultural barrier, how hard it is to overcome just the culture itself to uh, to seek assistance. Therefore, we provide services to not only the survivor's victims to get out of their situation, but also provide, provide training such as webinars, virtual and or in-person, to train law enforcement and service providers to overcome and understand what they are going through to find the best approach so that victims can be open to such services and so i wanted to give you a few examples i know that some of you um, may be veterans and some of you may be listening and never heard of this before so for instance that um,
1: tell us more. Tell us, because you do work also with uh, military-affiliated victims, right? Victims are somehow had some ties to the military. So tell us, inform us more about your work and how that impacts it, our community.
2: Exactly. Um, that's uh, what I was getting ready to say. Thank you so much, Laura. Yes. So uh, what you know? What do people think? Well, why is this related to me if, if I'm a military member or I'm a veteran? So let me give you some state stats. So the rates of sexual assault and harassment reports in the military have increased since last year. So I'm looking at this Pentagon report relate, released on April 30th last year. And that was a report on fiscal year um, 2019 from the, the department, uh, Defense Department. And the report says that there were 7,000 825 sexual assault reports involving service members as victims or subjects it is a three percent increase compared to 2018 and i want to let you know that this number is just a number that has been reported and there has been number uh, increase of 17 percent increase from last year uh about reports that starting uh, the people that has investigation but they did not disclose officially about the report so the number of the cases is actually way beyond this number that you're hearing secondly sex trafficking so sex trafficking according to military.com the navy the naval criminal investigative service conducted probes into sailors trafficking thai women to work in bahrain and some of those women, they were either seized their passport and or residing in a government-assisted living facility to provide sex services to military member over there. Okay, now you say, okay, so this is related to military, and but why is that related to me? What if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran and I'm retired now in the U.S.? Okay, let me tell you. So a long time ago, in the 1980s, 80s you'll hear yes there's the super bay naval base uh in the philippines where all those sex workers are working over there and those girls they were working there having the dream thinking oh i'm you know going to that place and supposedly they were told that they're going to whether to have their college degree or marry a man a, a nice man of their dream but unfortunately they were coerced into.
0: I think Eileen is having some technical difficulties, but I would, yeah, like, absolutely. I would like to she pick up on what, a bit. on what she's saying. Uh, and, uh, we decided to partner with CoGlobal because as a Veterans Chamber uh, and as, as a um, veteran and part of the military, we wanted to continue providing the freedom to everyone in the communities. And uh, so working with Eileen to uh, help support the national coalition is important because even though there is there is a, a lot of uh, myths about what is sex trafficking or uh, sexual assault uh, and, and that needs to be brought to the, to, to light so uh, the, the, the main objective of co-global in the coalition is to serve as the light at, at the end of the channel as the flashlight that when someone is being a victim, a victim, that they can actually see a, a, a safe place that they can go to. And that's what Hope Global does in the coalition as well. And there is um, there, there is important to, to know that even though there's other organizations supporting this mission, that uh, uh, we cannot have enough of people working on this. Uh, it, the, We are really happy to work with Eileen. And I think Eileen is back. Uh, Can you hear us, Eileen?
2: Yes, I can. My apologies um, for the technical difficulties.
0: It's
1: okay, Ms. Eileen, this is the new normal.
0: (laughs) So, but tell
1: us, how can we help you? How can we as as a community get a little bit more involved and help overall, you know, whether it's it's straight military um, or veterans, or just in general, or civilian counterparts who might be watching this, how can we help your organization, you know, reach a little bit more, just better support and or amplify your your findings on on your work?
2: Absolutely. So there are uh, several ways that you can help. Uh, first, go to hopepyxglobal.org. That is a website that you can get the information about what is human trafficking, what is sexual assault, and what is domestic violence. For those of you who watched the part one from last week, domestic violence and sexual assault, victims are more likely to be trafficked because the similarity of the controller and the pimp. So secondly, you can share those information. You can follow us on our social media. We are on LinkedIn. We are on YouTube. We are on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. Share our information. We cannot possibly fit all the information on the website, but on Facebook and all those social media, you'll see all those stats that I have just talked about. And share those information and know that emphasize that this is happening in our backyard uh, the technology cut no. us off so i wanted to emphasize I was
1: uh, yeah that's what i was going to say i was going to ask you if you can share the story that you were going to share before you got cut off and then any other future events that you currently have because i know this month is human trafficking awareness month so tell us what you you were going to share with us before
2: absolutely so um a few of the stats i know that earlier on i was talking about stupid bay in the philippines or bahrain and people think well that has nothing to do with me well okay so in uh, Killen, texas in august 2020 a child sex trafficking ring was busted with nine people arrested three out of the nine are soldiers out of fort hood and one uh, two out of fort hood and one out of fort sam houston And so this is related to you. And this is child sex trafficking. This is happening to our children. And I wanted to mention to you that out of the people who are identified victims, 80% are U.S. citizens and 28% are children. This is happening in our backyard. And these are our children. And we have to take action about it. Bueno. So talking about the event that Miss Laura just mentioned, that on the 19th, if you go to my show, which is on YouTube, it's um YouTube, uh www.youtube slash forward slash c four slash c the Miss Texas Show MS. That is the Miss Texas Show. You will be able to see Meet Kate, and Meet Kate is actually a show that lasted an hour, and I strongly suggest you watch from the beginning to the end. She is actually an ex-military a veteran as well and she was trafficked sex trafficked 17 times within a frame of four years and three family members are involved including herself her daughter and her son right now she's pregnant again and she's actually seeking help so if you could go to hope pyx global and if you are in the position to help please help donate and if you cannot go to the social media website uh, that we talked about, whether it's my personal uh, website, personal social media, Eileen Dong, official or Miss USA Texas, it's Ms USA Texas. Share those information. I know that not everyone is in the position of helping financially, but Right now, as Ms. Laura said, everyone is somehow on social media. Share those information because yeah. there may be someone out there. She is looking for plane tickets. She's plan- looking for lodging because of her safety. We are trying to take the money on her behalf to transmit to her safely. Her money, Absolutely. Her she was uh, monetary and uh, property damage it was totaling about four hundred ninety-five thousand dollars on her yeah. behalf. So we wanted and, to make sure that. Aileen, she and I just
1: want to re- uh, re- recap on to the community that sharing is caring. It doesn't take us much to just reshare and talk. Uh, you know, talk about the initiative, talk about your work, or maybe perhaps highlight a little bit farther the stories. Uh, in sharing through our network, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't take much because we're all have those amazing networks, uh, followers uh, connections, however you want to, you know, just want to put it out there and amplify it. And that is really more powerful sometimes than sharing those $20 or the $30. Although money does help, of course, but that it really promotes the power of our community uh, to make sure that we are amplifying further, you know, your work and that it it becomes aware. Go ahead.
0: also, Laura, I would like to uh, before uh, I know that this, uh, the segment is ending soon. So, Eileen, could you uh, uh, please mention our next meeting of the coalition? So, there's any groups that are uh, watching the show that can participate and become involved because that'd be helpful.
2: Absolutely. So, our next coalition meeting, I believe, is uh, scheduled on february the 2nd at pacific time 3 30 p.m or central time 5 30 p.m and you can register for the meeting on hopepysglobal.org at the contact section just putting coalition meeting will be sure to include you and as mr Molina and miss laura said that you know sharing is sharing care is loving and this is the same thing that hope pys global as well as the miss texas show is to show that the hope love and the unity we believe that this is just the beginning of the fight i know that Uh, Ms. Laura mentioned this is uh, January's Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and today is the 22nd, and it's towards the end of the month already. And I am wearing hashtag 365 because I wanted to urge you guys that this is happening in our backyard. Just because January goes away doesn't mean the crime is going to go away. People are still suffering, and I need all of you, and we need all of you to join us in the fight and fight this together until everyone is free.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. Thank you so much for that reminder. The The issue doesn't go away just because the initiative or the highlight or that month awareness goes away. It stays on 365 days. PTSD stays on, disability stays on, human trafficking stays on. So we all as a community need to just, you know, make a little bit more um, observations to some initiatives that are a little more applicable to our missions and, and get a little more involved. And if, the only way you can get involved is just by resharing then that's caring you know that's that's all we ask of you uh, at some point and just reshare and care tag those that might uh, my care a little bit further and then amplify the message that way so now I'm going to bring everybody back in so we can recap this is uh, we've been talking a really unique segment bringing in different communities um, Everyone has a, a you know a, a total separate mission, but at the end we're all connected. We're all tied in. You know, uh, the the transitioning. If the transitioning doesn't go well, then that could potentially put us in a very uh, fragile state state of mind. And who knows? You know, do do other other situations be exposed to other things that might not necessarily uh, lead to very. Um, sustainable opportunities. And then our disability, Maddie, we, 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 with whom we look forward to connecting with him a little further and, and sending those questions and making a more in-depth segment so that we can answer those for you in our community. And then of course, Ms. Eileen doing a fabulous work uh, with her through her organization, Connecting Further. So anything else that anybody would love to share it or amplify it a little further, each other's message?
2: Uh, Yes, I think I'll go first. Um, I also wanted to make an announcement that we have a national group, a support group that we have recently started called Survivors Against Violence Everywhere, which is on Facebook. It is a public group and it is a safe spot where it's a voice for victims and survivors of these violent crimes. You can join and it's a safe and healthy healing place for people to help each other. Secondly, for the PTSD and most people mentioned about uh, the self-confidence, we are very happy to have uh, Ms. Marissa Pierre supporting us with uh, a free ebook, I Am Enough. So if you are interested in that, go to the contact page of hopepyxglobal.org. You'll be able to uh, register and uh, get a free copy of the access code. Thank you.
0: Thank you. you. And I just... um would like to thank everyone for participating. And Laura, you can see that the connection, you know, having 0800, which is the platform that allows us to connect with the rest of the community. Uh, and so uh, anything like that, Eileen, uh, that we can help, we can work with 8- 0800 to connect with the resources, work with people like Maddie to connect with the, the financial side and the disability aspect of it. So it's just amazing how things come together. And that's what we love to do at, at, at the National Veterans, Veterans Chamber of Commerce is to embrace what each one does and move it forward. Thank Absolutely.
1: you. And uh, and, and that's, that's a beautiful way to just close this segment and thank everyone who's been watching and supporting as well as those who will watch later on to make sure that they please Uh, put your comments. We'll try to answer them back, share it, uh, watch the replay, and then send us any questions that you might have so that we can uh, help you and and connect you with future guests as well. So thank you so much for watching. This is the Veterans Radio Show and podcast uh, bringing you and highlighting uh, amazing initiatives from community leaders who are making it happen to better impact our veteran community. Thank you. Thank
4: Thank you. you.
3: Thank you.